0: Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley.
1: And I'm Colin Bradley.
0: Now, if you'd asked to do this podcast a day or so ago, I I wouldn't have any voice. (laughs) Really? uh, I've just, today, managed to get my voice back a little bit more, so we Mm -hmm. almost can record this week because my voice has gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, well, it's come back enough to do this podcast, so... It might be that you do a lot of the talking this week, Dad.
1: No, it's all right. That's all right. I'm quite happy to do that, <laughs> long as mine don't go. <laughs> How
0: have you been?
1: Uh, I've had a good week. Yes, it's uh, it's been a lovely week. It's Lovely seeing you over the last weekend. That was nice, and the family. And uh, yes, it's been it's been nice. Good Easter, you know, and um, it, it it was. Um, we had a, a, a food fair, which is a, an annual event in Broadstairs, just down the road from us, and that uh, that was very very busy. I think people are getting back into the swing of things now, you know, and uh, it was as busy as I've ever known it, and uh, it's a very popular place, and uh, and so and I mean you you saw it, and uh, it was. Um, it's nice for things like that because we've got a, a an ideal spot really here with our Folk Week. And we used to have Dickens Week. Well, we still have Dickens Week, not as much as we used to. Uh, it was not so populated as much as it used to be when we first started here. But we've got different events going on, um, you know, in, in the year. It makes it very interesting for us, you know. So we've we, always uh, got something going on
0: yeah you're in quite a nice little hub uh, of lots of things happening generally they'll happen down the end of your road (laughs) because it's quite a quite a spot and you're right near the beach anyway so it's Mm -hmm. it's ideal for for anything going on but yeah certainly feels like broadstairs is starting to come alive a little bit more now as we head into spring Mm -hmm. and so, Mm -hmm. so that's nice Um, So we do have uh, a picture that you started, uh, you mentioned last week. Um, So we've got a work in progress to see on that. Um, But just before we do, we thought we'd touch in on, check in on uh, the the discussion that we started last week that Anne brought up about pricing her work. So I said that we'd start a discussion on Facebook, which we did. And a few people have joined in on that discussion. And I think the biggest takeaway that we have from it is that everyone's struggling. You know, there was no, there's no right answer. There's no person coming on saying, this is what I did. This worked for me. Um, it seems to be just one of those things that is so hard to get right.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I've always found that Steve, from ever since I started. Well, I, when I first started out, uh, I was in the situation. What do I charge? Um, and I had no um, knowledge of any other artists at that time because I wasn't, I didn't belong to an art group. So uh, I know how they feel, and um, I think the only I used to mention to the uh, my classes and the students when they used to ask that question, uh, well, what I would do is make sure that you get the expenses back, you know, on your framing or. Uh, and you know, add a little bit on for material. You can't work on time. That's the one thing that you can't do. I think I've mentioned this before. You can't think, well, this has taken me 10 hours, so uh, that's uh, five pound an hour, that's 50 pound. It doesn't work that way. You can't. You can do something and it take you a couple of hours and you can get a, a lot of money for it. It, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't equate at all. So that's the one thing you can't do. You can't look at and say, well, I've spent a week on this, so therefore I want what is its equivalent to a week's money. It doesn't work like that. So you've got to look at art, And um, I think the uh, the only thing you can take away from it is use your, your, your neighbours, your friends, family, you know, ask them, what if, if I was selling this to you, what would you be prepared to pay? Uh, and that give you a more honest answer than you would yourself, because you all undervalue your own work. Uh, so there isn't, a, uh, there isn't a, um, an obvious answer, I'm afraid.
0: And I think the, the other thing that crops up here and, and happens in lots of other creative fields is imposter syndrome. It's feeling like you're not an artist or, or you're not worthy or um, why me, why should someone buy my work? You know, it's this imposter syndrome that is is so hard to uh, overcome as well that comes with a lot of creative fields. Um, we have it in theatre as well, you know. Um, so th- it's a bit of a a tricky um, formula to have, it's the imposter syndrome, the feeling of, you know, putting your heart and soul into something and wanting to be compensated and rewarded for that and how do you put a price on that? So... Um, the discussion is going to continue. Um, I appreciate that. You know, we've talked a lot about it, but it's not necessarily been a formula. But I hope that um, through Facebook and future discussions on this podcast, we can talk about it and bring it up more um, and discuss it. And uh, obviously, people, uh, as they listen to this or joining us, on the discussion on Facebook can weigh in with their thoughts and opinions and what pricing models work for them. And hopefully we can flesh out this discussion as time goes on, because, uh, I think it's a really valuable discussion. I think it's really important. So it's not the end of it, but, um, we'll let the conversation carry on, on Facebook and bring it up on future podcasts as well. Mm,
1: That's a good idea.
0: Lovely. Excellent. Okay. So let's move on to your work in progress picture for this week. Um, Let's put it up on screen now. It's it's looking amazing so far, Dad.
1: Uh, yes, the, um, the, the the cat. I was particularly impressed with the colours, and uh, there's a lot more colour going into it than you actually see on that picture, because uh, I'd only really started. I did manage to get the eyes in, which um, I, I first of all I didn't think I was going to be able to make it, but uh, I did and i think it's important to get the eyes in because without the eyes i couldn't work on the background i knew what what background to um to put in i was going to put the dark green background in but it's the um, the colors and so when i got the eyes in I, okay then i used some of the colors that i'd used in the eye and that was the starting point and uh, but i've advanced it a little more from what it is now and it is coming along very, very well. And uh, I'm very pleased with it. It's not gonna be an easy one because it's long fur again. And then, and not only long fur, but lots and lots of colors. I I can't tell you how many pencils I use, but there's a lot of them. And, uh, uh, but it's, um, I, I like it because it's, it, People, people love cats, people love dogs, people love animals let 's face it, so I think this is going to be a popular one purely from that point of view um, it's it 's not a full cat. I was planning on another one, but I changed my mind on that when I saw this. Um, it was a more um, it was a full full um, uh, portrait you know tail tail and all but i decided against that one because this one was so good and of course one of the advantages you've got when you're doing this kind of portrait you can put the detail in when you've got a, a bigger picture you can't do that so much you've got to rely and you've got a you've got the important bit you've got the the, um, the head and the eyes and some of the fur whereas you know if you've got a whole portrait then you've got a you've got a lot of um, re- repetitive um, fur, and uh, you know, it it does it doesn't it just doesn't really hold for me. I mean, the the giraffe last week was a totally different different kettle of fish, because that was in a that was in a landscape and uh, that did look right. But even that, you you couldn't get you can only get so much detail in the the head, for instance. Uh, whereas the one I did before the giraffe was um, more detailed because it was only a head and shoulder, um, but I'm very pleased with it. Yeah, it's um, it's going to look good.
0: How are you finding getting that colouring? Because um, when you said about ginger cat, I I don't know. I didn't realise it was kind of ginger tabby cat. You know, you've got the you've got the uh, almost ginger stripes in there. It's such a unique colouring. How are you finding? um approaching that those different colors different tones
1: um well i've i've done so many um pictures steve that i'm i'm familiar with what colors goes with what colors you know um so i I, the only thing that i i do sometimes have um a little hesitancy with is when i'm using grays do i use the warm grays or do i use the cool grays This one had some uh, warmer greys in it, um, but more cooler greys. So I ended up using cooler greys in the end. But uh, the only way I've uh, substituted is the 175, which is an earth grey. And that is being used quite a lot. Not necessarily, I don't think in the section that you actually see on the screen, can't remember but I'm pretty sure I didn't use 175 there at all but I have done subsequently Uh, so I put that in so Um, but the colours themselves they just speak to you really you start off with with a couple of colours and then you think oh it would look nice if I did this then I did that Uh, can you put too much colour in I think you probably could yes if you went over the top and, and looked at everyone. Uh, and think, oh, um, I'm not sure what colour, so I'll put five in. It, that doesn't work like that. I think you've got to be, you've got, but this is experience, Dave. I mean, fortunately, um, people that do this cat and want to do the cat will um, have all the colours there. I've used the selection again. Um, I tend to do that. Um, I think mainly favour again. It's always favour. I don't always reach to favour. I suppose because I've been sort of brought up on favour, I tend to uh, favour them. Favour favour. And uh, but there, there are others, there's something of everything there. But mostly favour and some Carandash.
0: I know that orange, that orangey gingery uh, colour is it's quite a tricky tone to achieve which is one of the reasons why you're doing this picture Mm. um how do you think people are going to find this i know there's a lot of colors in this one and um i know that they're getting the colors and the tuition to go Mm. with it um but still how difficult do you think people will find this one and achieving this particular color tone
1: um, well, as you say, they're going to get the colours, or I'm going to give them the colours. If they haven't got the colours that uh, I'm using, then uh, go with the nearest you can with, in your own uh, particular range you've got. Um, There's no point in going buying more, more when, you know, especially these days, when money's a bit tight. So you can substitute, and I do say this as I'm doing the picture, but I can't really afford to say, "Oh, I'm going to stick to a limited amount," because then, if you do that, you're not going to be able to get the um, uh, the, the tones that uh, are so um, important. Particularly, I say with the karen Now, if I bring karen into the equation, um, it's always because there's that um, brightness that Karen Dash uh, bring to the table. Faber-Castell tend to be mm, sort of normal, if you like. Creta Colour is very similar to Faber. They have the same kind of tonal range. When you get into Carbothello they have a um, slightly brighter range. Some of their pencils are really nice and bright. Um, but when you get to, uh, to Caran Dash, well, then you really are going bright. I wouldn't, I don't think, I wouldn't be, well, I can and I have done a picture with just Caran dash But I'd find that very restrictive because sometimes you don't, you, you can't, or you don't need all the bright colours. You know, the vibrancy of those colours are, are in your face, which is why I like it. But I like to add them. I'd always be um mindful that I should tone it down a bit, and if you tone it down, you can't do that so easily with Caran d'Ache. so this is why I like the faber and then either Caran d'Ache added on a Color. sometimes i mean Cretacolour's got a couple of colours which i I use regularly um but uh and, and it's the same with Carpathello. But I would, if you took Faber away from me, I probably wouldn't wouldn't carry on, because the Faber Castell is like a, a standard, you know, like a, everything you you reach for that, and it's always uh, reliable. But you do need, and especially in a cat like this, you do need some brightness, and that's what you see, uh, more than ever. In this particular picture, and you'll see it more as I go as I go on. And the combination too of um, ochres, like one eight two, one seven five, mixed with the some of the caran dashes are, are quite quite remarkable. I don't think you see it too much in this particular instant Perhaps on the top of the head a little, but I I I've gone mad now. I've gone, um, uh, you know. I've really gone, I'm starting to go into the thicker fur. And uh, that's when I'm using, probably people are quite surprised when they see what I'm actually using, the colours I'm actually using uh, to create the, uh, the effect.
0: Mm. And the background that you've done on this picture, this work in progress, is that the final background colour or are you going to do more to that?
1: Uh, that 's a good question um, i'll tell you the colors i 've used on that i I started with the one six seven Faber that 's the first color I put in, and the reason I did that is because that 's in the eye that 's just sort of the in the uh, the green of the eye the darker green of the eye uh, and then i used when I put that in it looked too bright because um The uh, 167 is like a bluey green, and it clashed a bit with the um, area surrounding it. Now, so I needed something. Coming back to what I was talking about with the Faber, 174 Faber toned it down. So that was the next colour that went in. Then I needed something darker, I used 165. So those are the three colours that go to make that up, but then I also, up in the corner, in here would be the top right-hand corner, as we look at it, I add a little black to it. But I don't know whether I've done it on that picture, I don't think I did, but I have subsequently reapplied some of the 167 which i've put on first of all just a little of that and i may well bring that back in a little bit
0: interesting just to give a little bit of interest and a little bit of brightness
1: that's right because we've got to you've got to be careful because there's a lot of a lot of fur uh seeping into this area you can imagine um especially with the whiskers and things, so you've got to be careful that you don't make too too much of the background. This is why I think what I'm doing with that is going to look really good. It's going to be a back cloth for the, um, the, uh, the picture and the, the brightness of the picture. It's already standing out quite well now, but it stands out even more once you start bringing the fur and the whiskers over the background. Uh, which well, is going to work very well with, because we've got the pastel map.
0: Yes, of course it will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it is looking really good. This is already uh, looking like it's going to be one of my favourite cat pictures you've done in terms of the colouring of the fur, and I, I adore that green background. It reminds me of your very early work back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, on the on-grey board where you were, you know, doing quite sort of, um Deep green backgrounds, which actually mirrored uh, mirrors the uh, one of the original color schemes of the gallery. it was very much of that theme, so i 've got a fondness to that deep green that you 've done there i think it's it 's mm. a bit classic and it 's also reminiscent of that time um so yeah i 'm really looking forward to seeing what this one turns out like. Do you think you 'll have it finished by next week
1: oh definitely yes yes I, i'm i 'm working my way down to the thicker fur now, I've got the head I mean you can't finish something like that off because you've got lots of whiskers coming in so you have to um, anticipate those and knowing that they're going in so you you, um, you can't really see the full impact until those go in when they do go in, there's a lot of them uh, then uh, that's the, uh, the final but um, so far yes oh yes I'm on target I'll have it done for next week Yeah, cracking
0: well I hope everyone uh, likes this picture and is looking forward to seeing the finished one Um, we will uh, leave it there for this week if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss then always get in touch with us via email or Facebook um, and we'll mention it on this podcast and uh, as we do these podcasts are for you so um, if there is anything you want us to chat about Let us know. Lovely. Thank you, Dad. Thank you very much. Hopefully my voice will be fully returned by next week. Um, But for now, we'll leave it there. So thank you, everyone, for watching and for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley.
1: And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy, your
0: week.